0: Welcome to Nourishing Soulfully, the podcast. This podcast nourishes your soul, inspires you to take care of yourself, and guides you to live a more intuitive, fulfilling, and authentically you life. I'm Peter your podcast host. I'm a well-being and eating psychology coach, a certified intuitive eating facilitator, and a qualified trauma-informed practitioner, which all sounds great on LinkedIn. But what does that actually mean? I support, guide, coach, and mentor people to heal their relationship with food, their body, and ultimately themselves. Welcome to the podcast. It is lovely to have you here. Today's episode is a more personal update, life lessons kind of episode. I know you enjoy these ones just as much as I enjoy recording them. The podcast has been running for over two years now, and it began when we moved from Barcelona back to Cornwall, where myself and my partner grew up, and over time, I also launched two other podcasts, one focusing solely on the food and eating relationship we have, and one which focused more generally on living an intuitive life. As you can probably imagine, regularly producing three podcasts takes a lot of work. It's not just coming up with ideas for each episode, recording the show and editing it. It's uploading it, promoting it, sharing it in the right places, creating imagery to go along with those shares, newsletters about it, signposting people to different shows for different things. When you have a business, what you actually produce, what people can see, it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's about 10 to 15% of what you actually spend your time doing. Everything else goes on behind the scenes. And up until recently, three podcasts had worked well, but it's also meant my audience has been split. And there wasn't really much sense in that, considering everything around living an intuitive life, healing your relationship with food, your body, exercise and yourself, and taking better care of yourself. Well, it's all intrinsically linked which is why I've chosen to focus on just the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, this one, for now. As you may know, if you're on my mailing list, we are expecting a new arrival this summer. A little soul has chosen us to be their parents, and goodness me, the first trimester of pregnancy was an absolute whirlwind. It certainly has made me pause, take stock, and prioritise the most important things. I've been hit pretty hard with morning sickness, which is still ongoing. And like most um, find in the first part of um, pregnancy in that first trimester, an exhaustion like no other. This pausing and taking stock is what I wanted to really focus on with you today. It's pretty easy for us to just keep going. Life is fast paced. We don't have time to sit down Pausing and taking stock can seem frivolous and a waste of time when we're on the merry-go-round, and it can often take an outside force to make that pause happen. When it does happen, though, or even better, intentionally, we take the time out for ourselves, we can often see things more clearly. We can see where all of our energy is going, and we can reevaluate and make intentional, informed decisions on if those things that we're doing are truly serving us and if they're right for us at this time. As last year came to a close, I made the decision to stop posting on social media for the time being. Creating that short form content took up so much of my energy and time. And being present with your business on social media is a huge responsibility. You have to get it right every time. You aren't just thinking of ideas to post, valuable information to share, but also about timing, the hashtags, what posts came before and what will come afterwards, how it will be received by your audience. Much like my time and energy wasn't used up on taking a photo and posting it on social media, with the podcast, my time and energy wasn't being used up on recording the podcasts. It's everything else that comes with it. And that's often the same in life. The things that are burning us out that don't feel right, that use up all of our time and energy are all the other things which relate to something small. When the balance tips, we then become aware that all of that time, energy, and let's face it, brain capacity could be better spent elsewhere. Because we don't have endless amounts of time, energy, and brain capacity. They're limited. And I'd argue that all three are the most precious and valuable commodities that we have. Let's spend them wisely. On Elevate, the life-changing course in self-kindness, which, if you're listening to this now, is currently open for enrolment to begin late February, we have a whole topic focused on time. How you spend your time, what you do with it, what you'd like to do with it, how you waste your time. In fact, the topic of time seems to be one nearly all of my clients want to work on. Whenever I'm looking at running workshops, I'm asked if I can do a workshop on time on creating time, or on making time, or on procrastinating less. We have so much to do, and just not enough time. And so, my question for you this week is, how can you scale certain areas of your life back? How can you return to basics? How can you prioritize your time, so that it serves you, and you have time left for yourself at the end too? It's a continual balancing process. As you can see from me making the most recent decision this week, it is, as life always is, a question of trial and error. There is no golden gate we reach when life suddenly is just shiny, sparkly, bright and wonderful 24-7. Personal growth and self-development, they're lifelong projects and that's really rather a comforting idea, I think. We don't have to have all of the answers right now. We don't have to be getting it right all of the time, or we making decisions that must stay a certain way forevermore. It's a human trait to look at life in a black and white fashion, and yet it's the total opposite. There are so many different ways, routes, combinations, and chapters. You don't have to make any forever decisions, well, ever. You're human. You get to change your mind. You get to try something out for a bit and see if it fits for you right now, as you are now. And no, it may not fit a year down the line, but that's okay. You'll have grown and you'll adapt. You can adapt and you can give yourself permission to do so, to prioritize your time and to scale certain areas of your life back. As I mentioned before, Elevate, the life-changing course in self-kindness and self-care is now open for enrollment and we touch upon a topic, we don't just touch upon it, we delve right into it, on creating time. And I wanted to share with you some of that topic now because I think it's really valuable and really useful and it will also give you an idea of what Elevate is like. So, time, we all have the same amount of it, but most importantly, we all have differing lives, which use time uniquely. And I'm sure you've heard the old, you've got as many hours in a day as Beyonce, and yet that is a fact. But what this phrase omits is that Beyonce has many employees working for her, doing things which use the most precious resource any of us can have, time. She has people to clean her home, cook her meals, plan her diary, look after her kids, work on the best opportunities for her career. Those things, are also facts too. And so I'd like you to take a big, deep breath in, exhale, and remind yourself that you're doing the best you can. You've always done the best you can with the resources you've had to hand. We can often get lost in a vortex of social media or watching a series on Netflix, which is one of our biggest time drains, but it can also be a way of numbing. There's nothing wrong with activities like this when conducted mindfully, when we're watching a show because it lifts us up and it makes us feel good, or enjoying someone's stories on Instagram because they energize us or they inspire us. But the opposite of this is the consuming to numb. This has the ability to not only deplete our motivation, but to eat up our time without us even realizing. Have you ever been on TikTok for five minutes only to resurface an hour later? I know I have. Social media platforms are created with the input of psychologists to make them as addictive as possible. The longer you're on them, the more they can sell to you in the form of advertising, products and ideas, the more they can charge those advertisers. And today, we're looking at time, specifically creating more time. And it's something I used to wish for every single day. More time. So what I ask elevators to do within their printed Elevate workbook is to look at what currently eats up their time. Um, And there is a page especially dedicated to this where they're going to be noting down the things that they're doing and and how long it's taking them. And it's really important when you're doing something like elevate that you're really really brutally honest with yourself you can't be kind of fluffing things up no one else is going to see it and so if you're going to be investing your time and your energy into a course like this which is really intensive you may as well be completely honest with yourself so that you know where you're at you know what your downfalls are you know where you need to improve and grow so The other thing that I get elevators to do, and I'd love you to do right now, is to check the time spent on your phone. So you can do so on any phone, and look. usually it's under the battery part in the settings, and you can have a look at the apps that you spend the most time on. And sometimes we don't quite realize just how much time we spend on our phones, especially on specific apps. And this is fine if it all feels good for you, but if it doesn't, then maybe that's something that you'd like to change. As youngsters, time feels endless. Holidays stretch out and feel never ending because, well, we've only been on this earth for a short amount of time as children. And those holidays are just a small part of our entire life up to that point. And it's a very small life up until that point. As we get older, our brain can only hold so many memories. And so much of what we do isn't really filed away as a memory. As it's the same as yesterday and the same as tomorrow. But What if every now and then we bring something novel, something new into our day, maybe walk to work via a different route, maybe trying a new hobby, maybe visiting a new place at the weekend or pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone to meet new people. These things will create new novel memories and in doing so this uses our time in ways that feel really satisfying to our minds and we focus less on the idea of not having enough time. One of the reasons I first wanted to read the book Indistractable by Nir Yal is because I, at the time, thought it would greatly help me in my work with young children. I had quite a few little ones who had been diagnosed with ADHD. And what I hadn't realised was that it would greatly help me too. One fantastic exercise I found really useful from the book was to track my distractions. Near Yao, the author of the book asks you to write down what time you were distracted what distracted you from what you were doing and how you overcame the distraction or how you gave into it I only had to spend an afternoon doing this to become incredibly aware of how I get distracted and that if I just pause for a moment and breathe the urge to do whatever popped into my head instead of, instead of kind of what I was going to do leaves I would highly recommend the book if you find yourself easily distracted. And I'd also like you to consider notifications on your phone. Are these notifications serving you, or are you serving them? If a notification on your phone serves you to move forward and to achieve your goals, then brilliant. But some triggers, such as social media notifications, letting you know something has just been posted, are sucking you back into the platform to serve it. Once they have you there, you're going to be scrolling for hours, which means money in the social media platforms' pockets and a loss of time for you. It's really, really important here to note that not having notifications on may also be messing with you too and using up more time. If you don't have email notifications on but find yourself checking your emails many times a day or even an hour because the notifications aren't there and you want to know if an email comes in immediately, This may indicate that actually having notifications on for emails and a good clear out of any unwanted newsletters may create more time in your life. You won't have to check your emails as much. You'll be notified when anything comes through. And if you've sorted out those newsletters, then you won't be alerted every time an email you'll probably end up deleting arrives. So the question is, are the notifications serving you or are you serving External distractions can also be in the form of offline, real-life people, whether that's work colleagues, family members, friends or neighbours, or even the delivery person knocking on the door. In the book I mentioned previously, Indistractable, Nier speaks about a hospital where due to a work environment filled with distractions, the medical staff were making a huge amount of mistakes when dispensing medication. And as an experiment, they asked nurses to wear bright orange vests whenever they were dispensing. And, were others were told around them that they should not be interrupted. So this signaled to others to wait or come back later if they were wearing that um, bright orange vest. And from this experiment, they had an 88% drop rate in errors over a three year period. Distractions don't only waste us time, they can truly cause us to commit errors, sometimes very, very big ones. So how can we lessen the amount of times we're being interrupted? and distracted. If we work from home, we can pop a sign on our front door for delivery people. I'm home, but it's an important meeting, can't come to the door, please leave the parcel on the doorstep or under the box and I'll pick it up after the meeting, sign your name and print your full name underneath. So they know it's from you. If you work in an office or at home when you're doing something which requires your full attention, either lock yourself away somewhere where nobody can reach you or pop a sign on your door or on your back of your chair with. Do not disturb and have that chat beforehand with family members or with colleagues. Just let them know, look, if this sign is up, I cannot be distracted. It's really important. If it's urgent, yes, but I mean life and death urgent. (laughs) Mm. And if you're able to invest in noise cancelling headphones, do. They have been a game changer for me. I'm someone who is super easily distracted by noise and also find noise overwhelming if there's lots of different noises going on and if you don't need your phone next to you pop it out of sight in a drawer or in your bag when it's always in plain sight we psychologically feel more compelled to pick it up and to scroll our brain is hoping for that nice dopamine hit reward if we do so in the elevate workbook i include a distraction tracker um, and I ask elevators to note down the distractions which tend to eat up their time um, or prolong the amount of time that they end up focusing on something that they feel is a waste of time. And then we go on to looking at ways in which they can lessen the frequency of the distraction. And there are also a few apps that I, I recommend on Elevate, things like the Pocket app, which is a browser app um, and an actual app on your phone so you can kind of save articles from your web browser to read later and this is great if you are someone who ends up with loads of tabs open when you're looking at articles and you're like oh I've got to read that later I've got to read that later that can really clutter up um, your browser and it can cause distractions. so having that little app on your phone then at a later date being able to go in there and read those articles is really useful another app I always recommend is the forest app Um, You will probably have heard me talk about this before. It's a great app for your phone where you grow a tree to keep you focused. The app will ask you how long you would like to stay off your phone for and then grow a tree during that time. And if you try to click off the app, it will ask if you're sure as if you do click off before the time ends, the tree dies. It's harsh, but actually very, very effective for many. We look at on Elevate, creating a schedule. And creating routines and rituals. And this is really, really important when it comes to using our time as we wish to. Using that time wisely. During the time topic, we go on to look at creating time to make it happen. So we often hear that I'm too old to do X, Y and Z. Or I'll do that once I retire. And there can be really specific things that you tell yourself that you're too old or too young to do. Um, To our ego, I wrote a book sounds more appealing than I'm writing a book. But the soul's enjoyment, if writing a book is something you would like to do, is in the writing. Far too often we try to work out the time something will take us and it feels too long. Learning to play the piano properly will take years. We don't consider the enjoyment that we'll get out of it during those years, how good it will feel to practice and get better at something. How lovely it would have been just to get lost into that hobby. Yet we can do it. It's anything that you haven't done because your perspective is from the end point perspective of I wrote a book rather than I'm writing a book. Or I learned to play the piano to grade whatever instead of I'm learning to play the piano. Making time for a specific task every single day without fail can be really useful in achieving things with our time. So for example, I've done this with the app Duolingo. I really enjoy learning languages and I've I've been learning a language for more than a thousand days now. And I love the fact that actually carving out that time creates that discipline within me. I dedicate that time every day to doing that thing. And that's the magic of accountability. When we keep showing up for ourselves, we'll keep showing up for ourselves. And it's often easier for most people to find time by waking up early before other members of the family are awake. And early in the morning, we can prioritize the things that lift us up. This has the potential to create a high vibe energy within us for the rest of the day. But maybe for you, that's not the case. Maybe for you, it will be about creating that time during your lunch break or creating that time, or making that time at night. The main thing here is we've got to be proactive in making that time for ourselves. And so finally, on in within this topic on Elevate, after we've gone through all of these things and various assignments within the topic, we look at some journaling prompts around time. We look at how time can be better used for each individual on the course. Elevate will be running just once during 2023, which will be the late February enrolment and it's a 12 week long intensive course. So if you're feeling disconnected, unbalanced, lacking in understanding of what you want, who you are and how to treat yourself, Elevate will support you in tuning into your intuition, listening to your needs and prioritizing yourself. And on Elevate we cover the following topics from week one to three. We look at saying goodbye to judgmental thoughts, appreciating your body and letting go of pressure. So. Do judgmental thoughts have a lot of power over us? Well, it turns out that they do. They don't just make us feel terrible about ourselves, but our thoughts can directly impact whether we succeed or fail at pretty much anything. We look at understanding judgmental thoughts, where they've come from, what they mean, and rewiring the mind so that they no longer bubble up body image is intrinsically connected to that and so we explore why we feel the way that we do about ourselves physically and what we can do to understand those feelings better and appreciate our physical selves more. We'll zone in on the heavy pressures we carry, it's always in the way and sometimes we just can't shake it. The negative thoughts flow and getting out of this headspace is so very difficult. Letting go of that pressure and relieving the weight it carries will have transformational effects on your journey. In weeks four to six, we look at physical well-being, the foundations of intuitive eating, joyful movement and sleep. And exploring the foundations of intuitive eating, studies around mainstream diets and why they fail us, as well as the benefits of moving intuitively and how you can implement joyful movement into your day-to-day life. This is a foundation of an intuitive eating module and not a replacement for specific coaching within the area. In part two, we also take a look at how much sleep you need and how to make that happen. And weeks seven to nine, creating motivation and time. So motivation is an enthusiasm to do something. But what is that something? Without this piece in our puzzle, motivation isn't possible. We'll analyze the things you'd like to do, the things you lack motivation to do, and enjoy a spot of cleaning up the to-do list diary and calendar. And once we've completed the cleanup, that's when we look at time. Where you're spending it, what you'd like to spend it, On and the various tools available to make you have more time and to do everything you'd like to do. In weeks 10 to 12, we look at true self-connection, self-belief, self-confidence and self-acceptance. Connecting to our true self and continually being able to do what what it is that we want to do, we document and research this in the final part of Elevate. This is a guide through self-belief, self-confidence and self-acceptance and where it all comes together and it can be quite emotional. We take a look at various methods of creating flow, returning to our true self, and tapping into our intuition whenever we want to. And whilst I have you here, I'd probably better mention that Nourish an intuitive eating online programme is also currently open for enrolment to begin at the same time as Elevate on the 20th of February, and will also only be running once as a live programme this year. So through Nourish, I guide you through intuitive eating, empower you to make choices which honour and respect your body and supply you with the tools required to continue on this journey in a kind and gentle manner. You'll notice that I have no offerings for self-led intuitive eating courses and this is because this kind of work often requires a coach to have on hand. It's very easy to turn intuitive eating into another set of rules to follow if you've engaged in dieting in the past and that's why I'm here to support you and to gently guide you. After our 12 weeks together on Nourish, you'll better understand your personal eating behaviours and be able to make long-lasting changes to these. You'll feel more gratitude for your body, be so very much kinder to yourself, have all the tools you need at your fingertips to continue your journey as an intuitive eater, have the ability and understanding to never diet again, officially be a diet culture dropout, and you'll be better in tune with your intuition and able to pinpoint what feels good for you personally and what doesn't. For more information on both Elevate and Nourish, visit nourishingsoulfully.com. I'll also pop the links to both courses in the show notes. And as always, if you think someone you know would benefit from listening to this episode, please do share it with them. And if you have a moment to rate and review the podcast in the podcast app that you're listening to, it will help the show reach more listeners and hopefully support those listening in being kinder to themselves too. Remember... Be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. With lots of love, Peter.